what am I doing over here? No. There we go. That's better. Force of habit. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, welcome to the Cup TV, the currently unnamed podcast where we put the real and the tea in reality. And you can always come to us first to quench your reality thirst. Um, I am David Healy, and I am the Survivor Superfan, which I guess I can't call myself that and not host this podcast. So <laughs> I've, been, I've been elected, and I'm taking the responsibility. Uh, but like I've said, every time I'm going to be on this podcast, I'm going to show a different autograph, from a survivor since I've met over 200 survivors at this point. Um, I'm pulling out a big one today. Uh, probably my favorite survivor. There's pretty much a tie between two of them. But um, this is the one and only Queen Sandra. Um, yes, I love Sandra. And there's nothing more euphoric than seeing uh, Sandra at an event and her just automatically knowing my name. Uh, so, so what can I say? It's so cool. <laughs> I love Sandra. She loves me. So, um, and I am drinking water. Hello. I'm Logan Murphy. I say something gay. Gay. It's strange being on a podcast and yet not hosting it. So I have to get used to that more often because I do a lot of the hosting. However, comma, today I am drinking kombucha. I've been doing that recently a lot. Uh, this is hibiscus healer. And I have to be honest, I think this is my least favorite of the four that I've had in this bunch that I bought, but it's still pretty good and I'm going to drink it because I bought it. <laughs> and it's not in my cup mug, even though I should have grabbed it and put it in my cup mug, but it is not in my cup mug, but I should have. And you can get your own. <laughs> I don't know what that was. You can get your own cup mug at lanagecreations.etsy.com where you can get your cup mug, other cup merch, and other additional things that Lana sells. And we do ship both domestically and internationally. So there are no excuses. Or if you're like David, you could hold your prep in it, which I think is the <laughs> smartest thing ever. <laughs> Did not expect that phrase. Just <laughs> hit me. Uh, hi, my name is Jack. Uh, I am the resident college student, young one, uh, and person most likely to fall face first into water after smashing a target. And I just have water. And I'm Dom. I am a cat dad is my claim to fame is what I say. And the survivor super fan. Um, and I am not drinking anything tonight besides the sweet taste of uh, survivor actually having decent episodes again in the pre-merge. So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm drinking happy thoughts of that that metaphor did not land but we'll that's go all i could it. do <laughs> we'll go with it yeah what i'm learning is slowly is that david and dom are the same person oh yeah i'm obsessed with my cat she's right here yes. eating right now uh, <laughs> uh, like you I are the that. same person <laughs> what is we happening? have just as many muscles as each other too uh, absolutely have all the muscles under this absolutely <sighs> i love tank tops <laughs> Listen, no, we're not man. calling Dom out like that, but we are. <laughs> I mean, I, I might deserve that, but no, it's, I uh, mean, it's we're not saying good. stop. <laughs> nope. Um, uh, yes, so, anyways, we have an episode, and the title I did not write down, but it's what uh, a 
uh, bring a bazooka to a tea party. And we called it. We knew it was going to be about Emily. <laughs> oh, but of course. Yes. Who I do want to say, I do want to say, Dom, since you were mm. not here for our premiere recap, yes. we have a new lovely thing, not to hijack the hosting, but I didn't know whether David would remember. So if you would like, we could give you 60 seconds to talk about your thoughts on premiere, if you would like that. Sure. I'm happy to talk about my thoughts on the premiere. I like the... This is your moment! <laughs> I thought that the premiere was a strong showing from the fact that it was not about sob stories, although people did sob a lot during it. It was about the messiness of the people. There were people making lots of mistakes, being a little abrasive, not being so inspirational, which is not necessarily what I think Survivor always has to be about. So I enjoyed that part. Um, you know, I never judge anybody too harshly for quitting. If you think something's not for you, you should not have to do it. However, I do think that if you are not able to do something for three days, maybe you should have never even tried in the first place. Um, but yeah, I, I think Hannah had a lot of personality and I don't want to say anything too negative about her because I, I know that so many people have a lot to say, but I see why she was catchy. She has a great, vibrant personality and um, maybe Big Brother was for her. And that's it. <laughs> Perhaps. Or Amazing yeah. Race. I don't know. Mm, I, I, I'm not sure about the Amazing Race. Circle. Maybe Big Brother. <laughs> circle! <laughs> ah, yeah, that might have worked. Yep. <laughs> Spin the wheel of reality shows for Hannah yeah. Rose to go on next. <laughs> Put her on everything. The challenge. Real Housewives USA. of Survivor. There we go. Yes, yes. Real Housewives of Ponderosa. There we go. Yes. So before we get too far, um, please go ahead and click the subscribe button below. We're, we reached 100 subscribers on this channel, which is great for us. Uh, this is a spinoff from the other uh, channel, The Cup Pod, which you should go follow if you want to hear anything about Drag Race, because we talk about all of and it. Other and other drag programming. Drags. Yes. Um, but let's get into this episode. So we start out with the Lulu tribe coming back to camp. Uh, they're a bit demoralized already, which is sad. Sean, Sean's talking about how they're the Lulu Lemon uh, <laughs> tribe, which uh, Logan, you called it. So I uh, sure did. And pretty much immediately, Emily gets to work trying to explain herself and figure out how they got to this disconnect. Um, Sabaya's kind of not having it, and I cannot blame her, to be honest. <laughs> Um, and pretty much immediately, Emily's like, I, I didn't realize she's so sensitive. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Thoughts on how Emily's handling this at this point? Now. <laughs> now. And now. Uh, That's all. You know, I think that it's tough to come back from a situation where you probably were going to be the one voted out if someone else didn't take their own uh, shot at the game out of their hands. Um, so I think that it's a shock to the system and she handled it better than I thought she would based off of who she appeared to be in the first episode. So I guess that's something to her credit. Yeah. Jack, any thoughts? Um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting seeing how she's going to try and pivot. Uh, I want her to realize that 
you burned every single bridge you could near immediately. And that type of self-reflection takes a little bit of an, oh shit, what have I been doing moment. That was that moment for her when she got, when she was, oh, I'm trying to think of the expression, uh, had a bucket of cold water thrown in her face and then driven <laughs> off a cliff where she was like, huh, yeah, no, I, I, I should be doing anything but that. Is, so, is that a common expression, Jack? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that one. Um, the cold bucket of water is. The falling off the cliff part maybe is not as much. Yeah. I don't want to harp on this moment of Emily too much because we do see a lot of her humanity throughout this episode, and I'm, I'm very interested to talk about that. What I do want to point out as well is her just coming from this place of just fully not understanding where Sabaya is coming from. And I think there are a lot of factors to do with that. Um, and we talked about all of those in the premiere. So just like all of like all of those conversations, we had them. I don't want to harp on it too much, but it makes a lot of sense to me why she doesn't understand why Sabaya is taking this personally when mm -hmm. she automatically lumped the two Black people on the tribe together and the three people of color together on her tribe. So I understand. I I see why she doesn't understand that. I hope she gets it now. That yeah. is my hope. But especially yes, because the other person she called out was Bruce, and that just like sets a really bad precedent. Mm -hmm. yeah. True. But yeah, we hear her talk a little bit about how she feels gaslit because uh, she's like, "You all were coming for me," um, and then we hear Sabaya say, like in confessionals, she just doesn't see a path forward with Emily. And honestly, at this point, I'm like, I feel good because I'm nervous for my friend Brandon. Our um, good friend Brandon. Yes. Um, so I'm like, I have a little bit of hope that he's still going to be safe. Uh, but then shortly after we jump over to the Reba tribe, um, the the very first thing we get is a little bit of Sifu um, talking about how he can punch things and he doesn't feel it. Um, and then we cut to Jay Maya, um, trying to uncode the flag. And I thought this was really interesting uh, because I don't know that I would have automatically thought there was a code in the flag. Um, but she's she's there working hard. You see all the maths, math around her. Um, and I think, I think it's true comes and is trying to figure it out with her. Um, so immediately I'm like, these two are smart. If anybody could do it, it'd probably be one of these two. I got okay. so nervous for Jay Maya because I was like, oh, God, they're giving her confessionals. They're sending her home. <laughs> like, that was my first. I was like, no, don't you dare. I like her. Mm. Um, and then she didn't get sent home. This episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do really like how there's an element of having to figure stuff out. And I like. I wish that this was actually all that was involved with the idol, if it, they truly just had to decode something. I think that is so much better than this constant scavenger hunts. I feel like I want to see someone work for it because I know that this show really does, a game I should say more than a show, really does value people who can find idols, play idols successfully, play all these different advantages. But most of the time it's so random how they get them. I really like to watch someone put the work in and it's like, okay, you actually really earned this. You're just earn it because you can, you know, do a scavenger hunt better than everybody else. 
Mm -hmm. And I think we quickly realized that you really cannot solve this puzzle without the clue because shortly after we see Austin come up, he puts his thing up against it. And there are parts where they have little symbols at the top, but they do not connect to any letters below. So I think that's a good choice on production's part just to make sure nobody accidentally solves it before uh, before they're ready to have it solved. Um, but yeah, he he puts up his clue and then he figures out it's a, I think it said... Um, Dig the fallen in, palm tree. Dig in the hidden palm tree X. Yeah, fallen, so fallen like palm X. tree X. So it's like an X in the ground. And could you imagine though? I thought about this in the episode. Could you imagine if the two side, like the top and the bottom of the code, were like the whole code, and they like split the letters in half, and so you had like one half on one side, one half on the other side, and you had to like somehow figure that out. Like that would have been kind of yeah. Cool. I think Survivor's on the right track with these twists again. Because I like, because I don't love the beware advantage and the scavenger hunt thing. I agree with you, Dom. But I think they're on the right track. I'm like, this is at least a little bit more interesting. It's going to take a little bit more time. I still don't love that you lose your vote situation. But I think it's on the right track as far as twists are concerned for me. Yeah. And I like that it's not the exact same uh, path to the idol for each tribe, as we're going to talk about in a little bit. But let's go ahead and jump over to the Bellow tribe. Um, so we get a, a bit of Uncle Bruce being his weird self. And he's got an admirer already. Jake is loving the fun uncle. So it's working on somebody at least. Um, but it's definitely not working on everybody. Um, but Jake says that Bruce reminds him of people back home in Boston with all his weird faces wow. and noises he makes. Um but um, Bruce thinks that the tribe is going at a very slow pace and he's having to fight back being that dad. Um, but I don't think he's fighting back hard enough because uh, Katura is seeing the dad side of Bruce. She's like, he has to explain things every five minutes. And she's kind of, she's kind of over him at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think something that maybe works against Bruce a little bit is just the age of this cast. It's very young compared to many casts. And he does, I think age-wise, it's like only him and Julie who are even above like, what, early 30s? Like, yeah, like everybody else is within like yeah. the early yeah. 30s and below age range. So I think just naturally that might put him more into a position of, okay, I am now actually like, he is like the uncle to these people uh age-wise comparatively so it, it's something that is probably hard for him to navigate i do actually always like we really didn't get to know bruce at all last season i love like this has happened a few times one of them is someone who shall not be named because of stuff that has happened since the show but you know you, someone who comes in and you think that they're gonna be so like on top of it they, like they made a good impression like the the last time you saw them they went out they were medevaced and like you think they're going to come back and be triumphant and great. And it's like, oh, actually, this person's kind of a hot mess socially and strategically. It's fun to watch that. And to that point about the age as well, I mean, it, it is it is a younger cast. But even looking at his tribe specifically, you have 22, 26, 29, 30, 34, and then he's 46. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, he couldn't have gotten a worse draw when it comes to age-wise. Like, the only people that are even close to him and Julian Age are Sean, who's 34, Keturah, who's 34. Not 29. (laughs) Not 29. And Hannah, who's 32. And so it's like, yes, thank you for casting older uh, contestants. I know one of them is because you physically had to because you got medevac, yeah. but also like, but can like, we make uh... things? The last like couple of seasons in the new era have been a little bit more diverse age wise, and I wish we were seeing that on this cast as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, there is that. It's just that giant leap from oh, like early mid thirties, mid forty and fifty, like. Yeah. At least have a couple people. Like you you could have taken out a couple like 24, 26 year olds and put in a 45, 46 year old. But I wouldn't change anyone on this cast. But I would not change anyone on this cast. They're all great. (laughs) Yeah. But I do think that you lose something when you don't have diversity like that. Because I think I know they used to have seasons of people who are similar to one another in different in each tribe, like healers, well, I guess it's like to the worst example, like Baron's Brawn, Beauty, stuff like that. It's like, no, you want people who are not similar because you get that conflict. And that's why, you know, you see that like Bruce's style really doesn't gel well with Katura. And like, imagine if you had a bunch of other people who had less in common with each other, because even the women, it's like they were like, we are just, we get along so well, which I love to see, don't get me yes. wrong, but you put three women who all have K names and are all around the same age, they're all pretending to actually be the, basically the exact same age. Um, and you're like, well, where's the conflict there? Now, maybe Kelly will turn against them and that will turn me against her. But <laughs> <laughs> I do think that like, it's better to have people who are a little bit more dissimilar to get some more conflict although i i am liking what we're seeing so far so maybe that wasn't an issue with this cast they're still gonna bring it and i was gonna yeah. say where bruce is not necessarily capitalizing on his relationships with um with kelly katora and kendra brando is doing a really really good job at that um from what we saw in this episode so i thought you know but and of course we're now seeing the divide in the tribe, which David mm-hmm. is probably going to bring up here shortly. <laughs> yes, we'll talk more about that later. Um, but yeah, the last thing I had to say about this moment was that I'm a little nervous for for Katura because it almost feels like she's in a one sided feud right now, and I hope she doesn't get too laser focused on Bruce, where it becomes a distraction for her because we have seen that a few times in Survivor where somebody's so focused on one person i'm looking at you steven fishback um that it kind of like hinders their their ability to just move forward in a cohesive way in the game so i'm a little nervous for her um but then we go back to the lulu tribe um and emily knowing her position she's in she goes off to find an advantage um quickly the rest of the tribe sees what she's doing and they realize oh, we're going to have to go babysit her because we don't want her finding anything. Um, This was Caleb's idea. He wants everybody to split up and beat her to finding anything. Um, But Sabaya is elected to actually go work with Emily in finding things. And uh, Sabaya tells Emily um, that she's trying to include her, and that's why she's pairing up with her. 
but Emily's not dumb. And I feel like they're kind of treating her like she's dumb here because clearly she, she knows that that's not what's going on. I actually think Emily is more perceptive than I gave her credit for in the first episode. And that I think is why maybe they're making a mistake by giving her the room to have that redemption arc for herself because mm-hmm. I do think she she's playing well at like gelling people with people more taking the constructive criticism uh, of her. But I think you see these glimpses of it where she's like, well, I'm not dumb. I know what you're doing. And stop trying to like patronize me by saying you're trying to include me. I think that she could be really dangerous. I just don't think that they're ever going to truly be able to bring her in. And she's always going to go back to how things were at the start with her and she's with them. And she's always going to feel like she was not in the, in the in group with them. So it's, I don't know that makes sense to keep her, but uh, that little (laughs) facade they tried to pull. It's, it's one of those things that happens a lot on this show, honestly, where everybody kind of like, Sometimes, well, sometimes people will just play along and act as if they buy an obvious lie. And uh, I guess I, to her credit, at least Emily didn't just do what everybody else does and say like, yeah, okay, like let's, let's pair off. And I, that's, you're including me. Yep. It's kind of reminding me of Cochran's first season where he was so like obviously on the bottom of his tribe mm-hmm. and they were not doing themselves any favors. And so the first opportunity he had he had to flip on his stripe. Like it wouldn't have made sense to stick with them, honestly, even though yeah. his position didn't really improve. Yeah. Um, he was going to be at the bottom either way. And I feel yeah. like Emily just can't fully trust people. Yeah. But if anybody's doing a good job of, of making her feel safe, I think it's Caleb and we'll get more into that. I don't want to jump the gun, but what we see next is Emily does not find anything because Brandon finds mm-hmm. the beware advantage. Yay. 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 And then vehemently says he doesn't want to open it. <laughs> Which I actually Yay. I actually was like, okay, Brandon, I might do the same thing depending on the situation. I actually think it could be very advantageous to find the beware advantage and make sure it's in a close ally's hand and not in your hand. So it's not hindering you. So immediately Sabaya is with him. He shows her and he's like, I don't want this. I don't want this. Uh, but Sabaya, she did not come here to play the game easy. So she opens it right up. And I completely respect that. Um, and then she finds out that um, she's going to have to take um, this piece of paper and line it up with their their camp map to find where the idol is. So. I think this is a lot easier than... So much easier. (laughs) It's it's so much. I mean, it's not only is it easier, it is a lot easier to hide it. Like, it... Yeah, okay. Weird. The tribe map has gone missing. And then you see it 30 minutes later and you're like, okay. If someone is actively putting a piece of paper to your tribe banner, you're going to be like, what are you doing? Well, no one <laughs> saw her do it, so it's okay. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, at least no one that we know. Uh, mm. So, yeah. It, I mean, we know there's a lot of stuff they're not showing us, like a whole ass fucking twist. <laughs> yeah, True. there's a whole ass fucking twist that they just didn't show. But granted, it wouldn't. They wouldn't have gained anything out of showing it. 
At least yeah, not but yet. they love to show useless twists. So I would say it's actually a great sign that they're bothering to edit that stuff out. Sure. I feel like how many times have we had to sit through stuff that did not matter at all? Like in Survivor right. 41, we had an entire episode dedicated to like Brad buying all these advantages they didn't end up using. So, I mean, like I feel it's actually very positive because I, I feel like Jeff may have actually been trolling us for once and I would have to give him way more credit than I like to because I remember in the preseason, he had an interview where he was like, we're going to use this extra time to show extensive idol hunts and advantages and stuff like that. It's like, how can you possibly think that we need more of that? Like, you already had all that stuff in the episodes when we had 60 minutes. So maybe save some extra time for the other stuff. But if they're going to add out these twists, hopefully they just don't do them in the future. <laughs> That's hopefully their takeaway from this is we stuff too much. We're not even going to bother showing it. Let's not do it. <laughs> Or if they or even keep these useless twists and then just edit them all out. I'm fine with that too. I don't even care. I mean, I will say that at least the methods for it are really nice. They are full hidden in plain sight things. Like, obviously, when you see that on the sign uh, for your tribe, you go, the fuck is that? <laughs> just, just random... Lines that don't have a pattern, that's something. Uh, but you wouldn't think the same thing about a map. And I'm very curious to see what it is on the Belo tribe because that mm -hmm. still hasn't been found. So we have the tribe banner. It's not the banner, it's the tribe sign. We have the map. What it's else gotta be the in? water well, maybe. I could see something with that. Maybe. Maybe there's like a brick that you can pull out. Y'all, it's beads. Remember the beads? It's gotta be beads. Oh my mm. god, not the fucking beads. Not again. I think he's a bees at first. It was a mm. <laughs> my favorite cards against community card. Bees? <laughs> no, beads. Right. Um, but yeah, then we see Sabaya. She shares uh her clue with um Sean and Caleb, and then they go looking at the tree. They're not quite figuring things out at this point. Um, we also see Brandon try to give her a boost up into the tree. That doesn't work. He has scoliosis, I guess. So <laughs> Brandon's got ailments. Um, I have to I have to bring up. I think it was. Um, oh, I don't remember who it was, but it was like, I love Brandon's full circle journey into becoming a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I, I want to credit whoever it was. But go on. Well, while you look at that, we'll hop back over to the Reba tribe where we find out that D has a long, big toe. <laughs> this is the personal content I want to get. If we're going to get personal content, Tarantino. give us give us that. Yeah, it, it did feel like a little bit like she was trying to boost her feet finder profile. You know, I, I, <laughs> right. I see what you're up to. Wait, is that a thing? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I just remember Andrea Belke used to always yeah. post about how much, like her feet rating on something. Yeah. So I was like, on maybe D, yeah, D might be a true super fan. And it was like an homage to Andrea. Okay. But of course, the uh, the tweet came from Zach Wartenberger. Of uh, of and course. I'm going to bring up another iconic Zach Wartenberger tweet later on in this episode. So Nice. Can't wait. Um, but yes, D tells us she thinks that her big toes will help her balance. Hey, uh, foreshadowing, I think we mm -hmm. see it this episode even, but 
it might come later on too. And also, she can pick up things with her feet. So, <laughs> when yeah, they that's have, challenge. If, if she makes it to the pick up the tiles and build the thing, she's gonna win. She wins. Nobody else try. Honestly, like I think Rick. I was listening to Jeff's podcast, and Rick like mentioned that that could be foreshadowing. And I think Jeff hinted like, "Oh yeah, it it probably is." So oh. I I think something's gonna come into play with her feet. In a challenge. D makes merch. D makes merch. D, <laughs> D, D goes on a full um, winning out streak, individual immunity streak, icon legend D. Uh, and she uses her feet in every challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. Every single challenge. D Valladares winning uh, era. Period. Yeah. And last season's controversy was Carson having the advantage with all the puzzles they printed. And now this season's controversy is D's long toe somehow no back more long toe. every challenge. And, every and the challenge. fact that they brought in a new puzzle because of Carson. Yes. <laughs> yes. True. And they changed the rules because of Claire. <laughs> yes. And but, so what's the next impact going to be from D's toe next season? I guess we'll have to wait, wait and see. No, no big toes. <laughs> no, big no toe. big toes. No <laughs> one's allowed to have a big toe. Right. Um, next up, we see uh, Julie and she's she's talking about how she has a good relationship with D and she's kind of falling into the mom role, which she wants. They all uh, call her Mama J. And One Julie... could call her a single mom who works two jobs, who loves her kids, and never stops with uh, I, and a heart of the. the ah, you're, you're doing your best. You're doing. Your I best. forgot okay. it. No, she, she is Reba McIntyre, though. Yes, yes, I love it. She, kind of like um, from the show, Reba. She kind of looks like a grown-up version of her daughter. Uh, oh yeah, I, I get can see what that. her name is now. Uh, no, uh, Cheyenne. Cheyenne, no, no, yeah. Was it Cheyenne? Done, yeah, it was Cheyenne. Cheyenne and Brock and Barbara Jane. Brock. Yes. That show raised me. So I, I, I love know it, Reba. But... I love Reba. I love that theme song. So I'm like, I love it. I feel like I'm just choosing to see this a deliberate homage by having yes. the Red Tribe be the Reba yes. Tribe. With with gentle hands and the heart of a fighter, she's a survivor. There we go. Sorry, David. <laughs> there you go. So uh, we see, we also see Julie talking about how she has a good connection with Drew because Drew is her son's age. And we see the two of them talking and they're talking about working together. And she's like, what do you think of D? And what do you think of Austin? What about us four working together? And Drew, um, we hear from him that like, this is a dream come true because that was already the four person alliance he wanted which kind of surprised me because i was like wait i thought you and jamaya were connected based on the beginning yeah. of the episode um but so i'm i'm honestly getting really good vibes from drew and how well he's gonna do uh this season and i kind of hinted at it in the first episode we recorded but if i had to pick somebody i think might be the winner i think it might be drew i think he's getting a really good edit personally um with d and her big toe <laughs> yes okay so next up we go back to the lulu tribe again and this is where we see emily kind of pleading her case to caleb um and he seems to get her um but he's he's worried that she kind of has a big mouth um but he wants to try to look out for her and guide her into being a better player which I kind of like that. Like we've seen a few times in Survivor where somebody's taken somebody under their wing and tried to help them improve their game. 
Um, so it should be interesting to see how successful he is and if it comes back to bite him. Hmm. I mean, my thing with him, I think he's a great player. He seems to have a great head on his shoulders. And, and as you said, and I think it was just in the finale preview, like he's opportunistic. I like that about him. However, I do think he should consider the fact that Emily was targeting him the first vote. Right. Like, I don't think that, I think by trying to bring her in, she's only going to make her realize even more that this guy is someone who's playing and he's willing to do work with anybody. Like he's not someone who's going to like play emotionally or not be willing to try something out. Uh, even if it's someone who has crossed him and that makes him even more of a threat. And I think that Emily, and maybe it's just because we were talking about maybe she's like similar to Cochrane. I was like, maybe it's because she has so much in common with chaos cast, mm. but like I could totally see, her being Caleb's undoing at some point. Yeah. And this is where we get from Emily. Um, what I feel like is her breakthrough moment where she talks about how she works in anal analytics for stocks. And for her, she's so analytic with her mind uh, that she's like ignoring the emotional side of the game. And she has to realize that people are not stocks. Um, so I really think this is where things start to shift for her and she's on an upward trajectory and i love a good upward trajectory mm -hmm. i love seeing somebody so messy at the beginning and having a redemption story and one of my favorite players ever is holly hoffman from survivor mm -hmm. nicaragua and she started out with the messiest game yes. and she became like the biggest force by the end Absolutely. so yeah that yeah. is definitely uh, it's like we've seen it all across Another one's like Kathy and Marquesas, or Mar mm -hmm. the Marquesa, as she would say. Marquesa. Like, <laughs> there's something about watching everything go wrong and people actually being able to pick up the pieces that's so satisfying. I think it's something that's also been lacking a little in the recent seasons because everyone comes in so polished. They they have these stories about how they doubt themselves all the time, but it's like, okay, you actually had everything going for you already, and your life already proved that. Emily did come in and maybe a diamond in the rough where okay, you can clearly see that maybe she's lacking some of the skills that she needs to succeed in this game and to watch her maybe develop them in real time is way more satisfying than someone who's like kind of like overcome all of the flaws before they even step foot onto the beach. Any thoughts before we move on? Not on that. Cause I did just remember that we forgot to bring something up at the top of the episode. Oh, the opening credits. Intro <laughs> sequence. I realize that. Thank after. you. Thank and you. There's also apparently an Easter egg in every single intro that will tell you about what happens during the episode. Or something. Look, Jeff has never been clear with what he means by, I'm going to hint something towards you. Because he either runs you over with a truck with the information or does not tell you it at all. So... I don't even know what could have possibly been the hint in this episode's intro. Oh, he he told us on his podcast, actually. Um, yeah, so it's going to be the same spot in every intro. Uh, so this time they showed in the intro briefly a beware advantage. Um, so that's what it was. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Like, I didn't pay attention to where that was in the intro, but I will definitely try to keep an eye out for that specific spot right. just so I can get a little hint. Mm. I like it. I think it's a kind of I think that's cute. way to go. Yeah. Uh, the, the beware advantage, that's all that they put. I mean, they should have yeah. put in 
Dee's big toe should have been in the intro. That <laughs> exactly. Exactly. People might have so thought it was an actual Easter egg if it was like a big toe. <laughs> Even oh better then. Like, let's get literal <laughs> with this. I mean, come Damn on. But... Sorry. Um, oh. Okay, so we see boats arrive first to Lulu, and Emily's like, "Wait, do you think that boat is for us?" Miranda's like, "No, it's not for us. Yes, duh, it's obviously it for us." Um, quickly, we see at Reba Drew. I think he beats Jay Maya and paper rock scissors, so he's going to be going. Then we're back at Lulu where we see Brandon quickly volunteer and everybody's like, great, go for it, Brandon. And Emily's like, but I'm in a really bad position. So maybe I should go. And Brandon's mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to get my shoes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she, yeah. she knows they do not want her going on yeah. this trip. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And well, I would just be so curious to know the actual rules of it. Like, could she have forced it to be like a rock draw at the very mm -hmm. least? Like, does it have to be unanimous or is it just majority rules? I don't know if they have ever talked about what yeah, that has to question. be. I think realistically, she looked forward and was like, I can't like force a rock draw here because all that is going to end up doing is basically destroying all the bonds that I've tried to form because it's like, okay, well, there's the old Emily. Nothing changed versus yeah. her. I mean, she still spoke up and was like, well, I guess you guys really don't want me to go. And, and everyone just looks like, yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but I, I think she must have had some sort of idea of, if I try to force a rock draw here, if it, if that was possible, um, that's not going to end well for me. So that's fair. Um, but then at Bella, we see um, paper rock scissors between Bruce and Katura, and Katura's enemy wins, <laughs> and she's she's pretty salty about it. Um, and then he gets on the boat and starts being really weird. Like he does, he's like, Brando, what's this? <laughs> and Brandon's like, oh, the robot. And I'm like, are you treating him like he's a child? Like, that's uh, here's where I started to feel like, okay, I see what you're saying, Katura. Cause I, yes. I like Bruce, but he's trying way too hard to be like, I'm the relatable guy. Look how youthful <laughs> and quirky I am. And this is where we get the line from Katura where she's like, who is this guy? And it gave me flashbacks to uh, Aaron Lobdell. <laughs> in survivor token jeans um where she was like who the hell is this guy talking about yes, coach <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> or who, then, who the hell is this jackass that's yes. what the line was yeah and survivor is only ever enhanced by petty feuds so give me more of it keep on being so annoyed by bruce katura exactly um so they all uh, the three guys, they get back to the island where they are starting to meet each other before they go off on their journey. And um, Drew's asking people what it's like on their tribe. And Bruce is very cagey with the information he gives. He's like, yeah, things aren't going as quickly as I wanted, but everything's going great still. We all get along. And then Brandon just starts to spill things. He's <laughs> talking about Emily, kind of throwing her under the bus. She, he's even pointing out that they didn't really like how Emily came for Bruce like that. Mm -hmm. And at first I'm like, okay, Brandon, maybe you're giving too much information, 
But then we get a confessional from Drew where he's like, you know, I I like that Brandon was giving me everything and Bruce was giving me nothing. Um, and he he was saying that Bruce Bruce is not a good player, basically. <laughs> um, so did you all have thoughts on that interaction? I think that like those relationships that they form on this journey, especially since it was like, oh, go meet each other for five minutes and then go off on your own. Are probably not going to be the ones that have like the biggest impact on the game um but it's interesting to see like the evolution of it over time because it used to be before more about like the relationship that you did form could either help or hurt you in the games that you play and this one is kind of like completely irrelevant mm -hmm. i think uh, there's i think there's some merit to the potential of making relationships on the journey we haven't seen it pan out more often than not so i'm not sure or we haven't really seen them at all there's one i i can remember one time where liana and chan i was really. gonna say yeah i was like i couldn't remember who it was but i think liana and chan is really the only example of a journey being incredibly meaningful for the future of the game mm -hmm. but otherwise it's like okay cool oh good we get to meet bruce cool like yeah, I thought okay. we were getting that last year with Danny and Brandon, and I was like, "Ugh," but that yeah. never really panned out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I think it's so quick. It's like such a flash in time. Like I don't think that if Bruce and Drew ever came to each other again and they had the chance to actually get to know each other, that wouldn't override this maybe negative impression he has of Bruce as being too cagey um, in their one brief interaction. Mm -hmm. So I'll quickly talk about what they do next. So they break off into their three different paths. We see Brandon slip and fall on the rocks. And I'm like, Brandon, my guy. But he quickly gives a thumb up to the camera person. Um, and they find out that um, they can either play this game. They have three minutes or they can protect their vote. Quickly, Bruce decides to protect his vote. The other two guys want to participate. So basically, they have a bunch of different tiles they have to find any that are matching tiles, pair those up and there should be three extra and there's numbers on the other side. And then they have to use those numbers to figure out this combination code. Um, so we see Drew and Brandon both doing it. Um, unfortunately, Brandon, we eventually find out he mispaired um, two of them. So he has the wrong numbers, but Drew is successful. Um, he earns safety without power, which we've seen a few times over the seasons. Um, basically, he can choose any time that he's at Tribal Council until the top 10. Um, if he feels like he's not safe, he can just go right back to camp and not vote. Um, any, how would you all do? Would you all risk it, play this, this game, or protect your vote? Knowing what this competition was, I absolutely would have done it. Knowing mm -hmm. that I'm a cocky, cocky motherfucker, absolutely I would have done it. Yeah, you would have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like my mindset would be that my personal vote wouldn't necessarily always matter that much. I know it's always tight on these tribes, and, I, and more and more so, it really, those votes can actually really matter. But I think the benefit of having an advantage that could absolutely save your game, like this is one if Brandon got it, he could still have been there next episode. So you have to go for it because 
especially seeing as time goes on, like they are just handing out idols for free at this point a lot of the time. So like it started out before it was like, oh, you have a what? Like you can steal a vote. Like, okay. Oh, well, that's actually still pretty good. This person tried, but they've started even worse. Like you have a legacy advantage that you could use at the final six. Like, okay, well, that's not going to help me right now. I have um, to get there. Yeah, exactly. Now it's like they, they want you to use this stuff. So they're giving you more and more things that you could use immediately. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I actually think all three people made the right decision. Um, I think with the tribe being so split at Bellow, I think it's maybe too risky for Bruce to lose his vote because then he's absolutely screwed. Drew's in such a good position that he might as well go for it. And I think Brandon, he has enough of a bond, at least so we thought at this point with his tribe that um, he could only help himself uh, by by getting this advantage unfortunately he just screwed up and i think i probably would have thought oh i could do this easily and he probably thought the same but uh, by that same token though that's why he should have gone for that idol he should have gone for the idol True. although it wouldn't have actually mattered because they will never get fire uh but yeah. theoretically an idol that you could have had the entire tribe help you find but you would still have ownership of would be honestly the same thing as safety without power basically for him. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have any power from it, but he could be safe for another round. So I think he should absolutely should have gone that route knowing that he was going to risk it for a challenge as much as, you know, it seemed like something that could have maybe been in his wheelhouse. Um, maybe he should have gone for something that was an idol versus a challenge <laughs> to get an advantage. Could you hmm. imagine though, if he brought, we'll talk about it, but if he had brought the, the like thing and melted it with his torch at tribal mm. council. Yeah. Like, could you imagine the level of just like that could have gone down as like one of the most iconic tribal council moments ever. Just like yeah. burning it at tribal to use it to save yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Jeff, I'm going to throw this into the fire <laughs> and then Jeff, jump into I'm the gonna, fire to go grab it. Jeff, I'm going to need you to stall with some of your Jeffisms for about two minutes while I burn this. <laughs> yes well speaking of brandon we see him come back to his tribe and he decides to be honest and tell them this situation and i think emily was uh pretty optimistic for him she's like oh he looks like he won um but no he he was open with everything told them um that it was a puzzle that he struggled with and we hear from sean he's like i don't I thought Brandon was supposed to be the puzzle guy. What is he good at? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Brandon. But I, that's why Jersey the only bad. thing you should have just you should have just lied about being a challenge. That is the one thing you should have maybe omitted from there, considering what his legacy thus far has been in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe don't add to that by saying like I bombed another one, guys. Like, tee -hee, I'm so <laughs> bad at challenges. <laughs> It's not past the merge yet. That's not a good thing, Brandon. It worked for Carolyn. Yeah, that's why. Like, well, if Carolyn, you're... Carolyn is a once in a lifetime survivor player. Yes. So. And then we see Drew going back to his camp, and he can't find anybody. Um, and I guess they are all hiding behind this shelter. Shelter. So they all come out and say surprise, mm -hmm. and they all run in like rub his head and this he's like this was the cutest thing i've ever adorable. seen on survivor i was like no <laughs> and then he's like well i was gonna lie about this but now i feel like i have to tell the truth <laughs> he's like i don't know why why that was a thing them rubbing my head but oh well 
Um, yes. Yeah, so then he's very open with his tribe. I actually don't think it was a bad move for him to be open about this mm-hmm. based on what the advantage is. Uh, yeah. Because I think people might be worried that he would have something even more powerful. Yeah. It really isn't that powerful of an advantage. And he probably it, won't even need it. It does guarantee that if he ever is going to be blindsided, they can't say shit to him. Like, they exactly. cannot even give him a slight notion that he is in danger because he is just going to be like, okay, there's the record. But I also think with the alliance, and we'll talk about the alliance that he's formed here in a second, I think, because that's, I think, chronologically where we're at. Um, I think with that, I think if there was going to be any push for them to want to target him in the pre-merge, I don't think they're going to do that now because they know he has this. Oh, no, our plan is foiled. We're literally going to have to scramble a tribal council. I don't want to have to do that. I feel like I have a good enough relationship with Drew to just work with him as opposed to think about the potential of targeting him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and we're not even that far away from 10 either. Like that's still exactly. like, uh, that's an um, amount that you're like, okay. Like, Six more votes. Okay, yeah, like that's fine. Like let them stay until then. When you saw it saying until the final six, is like, okay, you have to deal with them before the final six because you don't want to get serried. Even uh, final seven or eight, I feel like it's like, oh, if it was that far. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yep. But um, his, his fourth uh, right nature here actually wins some favor over with Austin, who decides at this point that he wants to share his beware advantage with Drew. Uh, so they meet, they talk about it. And this is where we see them form a really strong connection that I think is going to be very important to the season. Um, Drew basically compares himself to Steven and Austin is his JT. And so they've got a final two thing going on. And I always like it. We've seen a few different times where somebody compares themselves to Steven and somebody else to JT. And I think that's always a good move because then you're putting the person you're talking to in that winning position. So um, I think that's a good strategy here. If they know the reference. True. Well, I mean, I don't know. If I served that from someone, I'd be like, you do not want to come with me to the volunteer if you're saying that. You are definitely, if you are someone who's watched this show and seems like a huge fan and super smart, you know how that season ended. And you're saying that you think I could beat you. So maybe that's actually not a good thing. Well, um, then we're going to jump back over to the Bellow tribe, and here's a scene that I really enjoyed. This is where we see all of the Bellow girls um, at the shelter, and they've got their buffs on as tops, and Brandon is there, and he decides he wants to try to wear his buff as a top as well. And I have tried it before I have a buff, and it's actually, like, I don't even know how the women get in their buffs like that, because it's really tight. Um, But Brandon does it. He does it, and he's really connecting with the women on the tribe. And I love to see it because I, yes. I am I saying Brand, Brandon? Brandon. Brandon. I know, Brandon. but oh, okay. Now, I was like, did I say Brandon this whole time? Because did. I meant to say Brando. You did. Sorry, Brando. We're not going to have to worry about that now. You can call him whatever the hell you want in episode three. Well, technically, his name is Brandon. Um, yes. But Brando is one of my favorites. So I was very pleased to see him getting along with the women. And it seems like there's kind of a power struggle coming over with, um, with Brando. Um, he feels really good with the women though. Um, and then we cut to Jake and Bruce 
talking at the whale. And um, they think the women are going to stick together. Um, Bruce thinks he's going to be the first target. Um, but Bruce tries to, to get Brando on his side later on. Um, and Brando wants to keep every option open, which is smart. I mean, that should be the motto of every survivor player. Keep options open. Um, it was the winning strategy for Miss Kim Spradlin. So um, we then find out that Kelly is also somebody that the men are trying to get on their side. And here's where I start to side eye my girl Kelly, whom I drafted, but she's also keeping her options open. We learn that she naturally connects well with men, so she's not necessarily inclined to go with women. Um, but she realizes that she's going to have to make that decision at some point, and she wants to make that decision with Brando. I like them as a pair. I just want them to work with the other women. <laughs> yeah. I just, I feel like if you've seen Survivor, I will say this. I feel like there's very rarely a reason that I think that the women should not prioritize working with the other women versus the men just based off of the history of Survivor. It will always benefit you to work with the other women. Like that, it, there's just an, such an inherent sexism in the game that it can only help you to actually try to stick together with women. So I hope, and I really liked the, the trio of Katura, Kelly, and Kendra. And I feel like Kendra is also being set up as like the one that would go home too because she was like, we're sticking together and the guys can't do anything about it. I was like, you're totally going to be the first one to go. And I like your energy. I like your vibe. Don't go, Kendra. So I, I feel like the writing's on the wall because that's what always, well, more so on Big Brother maybe than Survivor. Survivor's had some successful uh, women's alliances, but it's I'm hoping that this one's not dead on arrival before they even get to a vote. Mm. But it's funny that I just um, referenced Kim Spradlin, but we actually saw this similar situation with her where she mm. was talking about how she is not a girl's girl. She, she would be more inclined to work with the men, and she was keeping her options open. And... She chose the women. So follow mm. that Kim Spradlin path. Yes. Really. yes. I would love to see it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I would win the draft if you win. Uh -huh. um, okay. Now we're going to get to the immunity challenge. Um, so we see the tribes come in. And this part confused me. Um, this is where Jeff announces that Hannah was voted out last tribal council. And we see some shocked faces amongst everybody. And I'm like, wait, did Brandon not tell Bruce and Drew? And did they not tell everybody else that Hannah I left? I don't think so. I don't think it was asked. And if it was, we didn't see it. That would be my first question. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, they're, they're, it's small questions. Small questions like that. <laughs> um, but anyways, they have an immuni immunity slash reward challenge for fishing gear and this is where we find out the new rule um the claire rule as the i'll claire call it rule. yes that it's no longer you can you can't sit out back-to-back -back challenges within the same episode now you can't do it period it's not a restart mm -hmm. every tribal council um so i do like that rule but i'm also a little worried that uh this might make it even harder for women in the game. Um, if you if you see a tribe that keeps um, that has more of a majority, and they have like a woman that they like to sit out, and now they realize, oh, we can't sit her out every time. 
So is she just going to get voted out? Is she going to be the sacrificial lamb? So I'm a little nervous. Well, yeah. Brandon changed the game because he's now shown that the men could be the most biggest liability of all the ones <laughs> who are on the Good drive. For him. That's yeah, so lie. thank you. That's game changer two. Shattering the Brandon Donlin. One move at a time. Uh, but I will say, I think it is a great move for the show that they always should have done because it prevents there being these really lops like you know like you said if you have a tribe that's winning all the time they just sit out their same member who would be the weak link and they sometimes have to play and then suddenly you know you don't have your locked in four who are just so great at challenges and that's all you ever need to always win every single time i would much prefer to see you know i mean it's obviously hasn't happened this season yet because Lulu's been losing everything uh but i would much rather see like a variety of, of especially if they're not going to switch a variety of tribes going to travel council in the pre-merge rather than the same one over and over again True. because they're just going to always lose although karor um they had immunity and reward uh back in palau and they still beat long in every yeah. immunity challenge i wonder how yeah. many different uh survivor seasons i can reference in this one podcast yeah. i was gonna say you're at what four now i mean at least um so as far as the challenge goes anybody have thoughts on that i'm not good with relaying things that happen in the challenges obstacle, <laughs> they're not my obstacle, favorite part. obstacle puzzle mm -hmm. and it's different. but now it's a different puzzle because of carson <laughs> yeah they we did we did see Kendra on the balance beam take That's a terrible all I fall. Wanted to talk about. Oh my gosh. That is yeah. genuinely all I wanted to talk about was Kendra and the balance beam. I I genuinely like felt my entire lower body just invert out of fear. It was bad. It was like uh, medevac me now, please. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to think of that. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of thoughts on the challenge. We do see Bello come back from uh, suffering a, a pretty bad. Um, I don't. I don't know the wording. They were not doing well in the challenge to start, but they come back um, thanks to Brando and his puzzle skills. Um, it wasn't just Brando. Brando's the one with the puzzle skills, not yeah, Brando. Brando. No, That's the difficulty that everybody has. Brando and Kelly. I will Darn. give Kelly some credit too here. Thanks, um, David, for just ruining my joke. I really tried. Uh, you, just, you just steamrolled me, but it's okay. Sorry, I, I didn't. I thought you were making sure I got the name right. No. I, I missed the joke. Make a joke. Yes. Okay. It's okay. Reven. The winners. They did it. Again. Uh, Again. It I mean, they were close. They were close before uh, the puzzle. Oh. <laughs> it was uh, I like that it was like they had like a race to show who was gonna win this time. It was so obvious that Lulu was gonna lose. That was like, who's gonna come in first of these two tribes that are almost done with like neck and neck with each other? Yes. Um, this was also sad to watch because you could just see how frustrated Sabaya was with Brandon that whole time during the puzzle, but I couldn't blame her, honestly. <laughs> um, okay. So um, we get back at camp at Lulu, and it's pretty clear what's happening. The whole tribe is gathered together, um, and they are talking about what went down. Brandon says that he knows he screwed up. And he lost his vote, um, but he really wants to be out there. And um, 
Emily um, basically realizes, she says pretty openly, like, it's going to be one of us two. So you three are the ones making the decision. So make your decision. And they all go off and talk together. We see Sean, Caleb, and Sabaya going off. And they are weighing the pros and cons of keeping Emily and Brandon. Um, it really is coming down to perceived loyalty versus challenge performance. Tale as old as time and Survivor, to be honest. Um, I'm not going to reference any specific seasons because I've done that enough. Uh, Every single one of all 44 seasons that have ever existed. Exactly. But I did, I did really like Emily back here when it showed her and Brandon sitting together. She's like, Oh, it's so hard being in the power position because they're gone so long. I cackled. (laughs) I cackled. I was like, okay, Emily, maybe you are funny. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, but what she does not realize is that they're not just gone so long because they're making their decision. They're gone yeah. because they're taking advantage of this opportunity to go find the idol. Um, so we we see them back at that tree um, that they were able to decipher from the clue. And they're working hard and they finally figure out where it is. It's in like a bunch of coconuts. And finally, they get it to come down. And Sabaya is overjoyed because she has an idol. But then she quickly realizes, oh, the idol is in this wax figure. And to get it, I have to melt it with fire. That thing that we haven't had since we've been here. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Uh, Very funny. Yeah, I love it. I'm so here for it. I'm like, oh my! I love the moment of, oh my god, I finally have my idol. Oh my god, I have to what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fire! It's like ah, yes, that <laughs> that huh? thing that requires us win. That thing so that requires. Can I just take my? Can I take my torch when we're done? While I'm while we're walking back to camp, can I just like take my torch and just. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. I hope. I fucking hope that she was able to at least do that. Yeah. Um, so then uh, we see Brandon talking to Sabaya, and they're both talking about how they don't have a vote, this uh, tribal council. So it's really going to come down to the other three. Uh, but what's interesting to me is that Sabaya still feels like the power player in the tribe, even though she doesn't have a vote. It almost feels like um, her decision is what's going to be made. We see Emily, who doesn't know Sabaya can't vote, um, go up to Sabaya and as a token of trust, she says, hey, here's my shot in the dark. I'm going to let you hold on to this. You can vote me out or not, but that's me putting my trust into you. Um, And I actually think this was a pretty good move from her. I think this is the thing that solidified the vote, honestly. Yeah, and I think it makes total sense because a shot in the dark is just such low odds that it's better used as currency than trying to actually uh, fight a shot in the dark and thinking that I'm that's going to be the no thing to save you. No thought about using it as currency before. Right. Well, is it transferable? I was about to ask that. Can I'm like, can someone play two shots in the dark? I don't think we've ever had that situation yeah, occur, so I'm not sure. I... Like all advantages, I'm going to assume maybe. 
I, I would like it. The answer is no. And the only reason I say that is because there is specifically one per player. And everyone has one. And everybody has one. Sure. So, I mean, imagine the potential chaos of being like, yeah, I'm just going to use my shot in the dark. And they're like, you, you already fucking used it before. What mm-hmm. are you on? Like, it, it destroys the known knowledge of every single person has one shot in the dark. And they can only use that shot in the dark once. That that's kind of the fundamental point of it. So at least for me, saying, "Oh yeah, let me give you this shot in the dark so you could play it," fundamentally breaks the point of a shot in the dark. Mm. I like it if they could only use it at the same travel council just to improve your odds, so you could play two shot in the dark and have two like two, double the chance oh, yeah. of oh, of getting it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or even making it a legacy advantage, you like have you will it to people and like it just to increase people's odds, like that. Like, because the shot in the dark is such low odds of ever working, it's pretty Mm -hmm. unsatisfying most of the time. See if like you're like, it's not gonna actually work. (laughs) And the one time, and the one time it's worked, it was Jamie of all. I know, it's like it was you, she didn't get votes (laughs) exactly. So, I would like, I feel like, again, like that adds a layer, layer of like social strategy to it too. Like you can increase your chances of getting that extra chance at life by having it like given to you. I feel like that's all right. You've at least earned that little bit of an advantage of actually having it work out for you. So I wouldn't mind that. I think that would be a good way to do it. But I don't think like, okay, now like you could play them all the time. No, like just have it still once, but you maybe can improve your odds for that one time. Right. Um, but we do see, see Sabaya now talking to Sean and she says, Hey, I have this shot. I have her shot in the dark now. So we could just vote her out and not have to worry about this. Um, so yeah, Sean seems hesitant to do that, but really, um, I guess we'll find out at tribal council, which is where we are now. Um, so we get to tribal council and pretty much right off the bat, Sabaya makes it very clear that Emily was going to go home. Um, they were, mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, we were going to shut her up by getting her torch snuffed. I'm like, okay, you're being very honest with her. Well, did she also say either by stuffing her torch, getting her torch snuffed, or by shutting her up by not voting for her, basically saying like, ha. Okay, wrong. is that what you meant? I was a I little confused so. by what so. you meant there. Yeah. I um, think that was a good way of playing it, you know? <laughs> That makes sense. She did come at it. She did come at Sabaya. So I don't think there was any like, oh, I have to play nice and act like, you know, I didn't figure that out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the tribe's very open with Jeff that it's going to be either Brandon or Emily. So I think Jeff takes the opportunity mm-hmm. to make this kind of a different tribal council. Um, and he wants both of them to just plead why they why they should be there over the other person. And of course, Brandon goes back to his loyalty. Um, he realizes he's not the best in challenges. And then um, Sean actually speaks up for Emily and says that she's taken feedback to heart. And there's been a like a pretty sincere change in her behavior. And she's turned into sweet Emily. And he's kind of right. Like, I like her significantly more this episode than I did the first episode. So... I see that she, change. She's still number 18 on my list of people I like on this season. But, Same. you know, it's a bit less of a margin between right. 17 and 18. 
it was a huge gap for me. I, was, I do a ranking every week too. It was 17, 18. <laughs> and now it's like 17, 18. Yep. And then we get Brandon talking about how he feels like there's going to be challenges that he's better at. He just has had bad luck. And then we get uh, Jeff interjecting here. And at first I'm like, <sighs> Jeff, what are you doing? What are you doing? But I, I did not mind this analogy. Jeff said that he tried out for some sports thing. I don't know. I don't know. Basketball, sports. maybe? Basketball. And he didn't make it. Uh, but they wanted him to be the water boy instead because he was so likable. And he's like, Brandon, you're this team's water boy. And I'm like, oh, that's cute, Jeff. And then Brandon's like, yeah, I'll be the water boy. Um, and I just I just really like that because I, I usually get scared when Jeff starts with these analogies. I'm like, who are you going to accidentally throw under the bus? Mm -hmm. um, but I did appreciate that one. Yeah, it was a nice little participation trophy for for Brandon. Uh, for you know, okay, you're the water boy of the the tribe. I don't know that I would be swayed by that. So yeah, I, it was not like a game changing revelation from Jeff. Mm -hmm. And um, Emily's pretty open at this tribal council about giving her shot in the dark to Sabaya, and she says that she feels like she's on hyperdrive in this game, and she's not like this in real life. She actually has friends. And she thinks it's going to be a little traumatic watching this back. And I, I would not be surprised if that first episode was traumatic to watch back, especially uh, with the reaction social media had. Yeah. Um, I, know, I kind of feel bad, like how hard I went on her in that first episode, because I think she probably is a nice person. I think she just, I don't know. She, she just played way too hard. I think it was Sean at one point said, Caleb, one of them said she, yeah, it was Caleb said that she played a 26 game in less than a week. So, yeah, she did say she wanted to either be the first one out or the winner. So, she might have said, like, hey, let me just do everything wrong. And if I survive, that means I'm probably going to win. So, she should have been first. Boo. <laughs> I, 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 Hannah robbed. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Hannah Rose was robbed. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think it's very, obviously she's had a lot of time to reflect on this experience. Probably. I hope she was able to look at herself in that episode and recognize, I'm going to quite frankly say the implicit bias that she had in that moment, mm -hmm. whether things yeah. have changed since then. I don't know. I don't know her as a person, but I'm interested to see how she acts moving forward in this game. And also I'm really looking forward to her exit interviews because you know, those things are going to get brought up regardless of how far she goes in the game. And I'm really interested to see what she says and more importantly, how she discusses those first three days. Mm -hmm. Well, this is where we get kind of the kiss of death moment. Uh, Brandon starts talking about his journey being a Survivor fan and how much this means to him. He's been watching since 2008. I guess he started watching to impress his teacher who was into uh, Survivor and he thought the teacher didn't like him. And I got so emotional at this point because I'm like, I remember that. Like, I didn't know Brandon in 2008. I knew him in 2012. But, like, even, even then, I'm like, I, I just, he was always like so into the show and it's so cool like seeing somebody i know like their their game coming to fruition like this even if it didn't go how it was supposed to go and of course everybody goes to vote 
And um, we find out that Brandon has been voted out unanimously. Yeah. I, wait, I waited to put up the banner because I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, I think, though, it was absolutely the right call for the tribe. Uh, Brandon had put himself in a position to do three puzzles. Three. And did not make progress or succeed on any of them and it's unfortunate but like three strikes are out yeah, yeah. and I, I look it, it's brutal it is brutal to look at him and go yeah no you fucked up enough times to get out but like I'm happy that he still got to enjoy the game he got that solace that he needed playing for six days. Yeah, he could have got more by going to the end, but like he still got through the casting. He still played. Still himself. True. Any final uh, thoughts on the episode? Um, I do. I have I have one uh, specifically. Um David, since you know him pretty well. Um, does Brandon have a brother? Mm, I don't know, actually. Okay. Because I think if he does have a brother, I think he needs to be very successful and go on Big Brother. Oh, Christ. Because That's... I want to talk <laughs> about good old Zach Burtonberger. <sighs> One of my favorite tweets I've seen in a long time. Brandon went out on Survivor as a super duper fan, lost every puzzle, didn't even vote, and got eliminated unanimously in 17th place. He's so me. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about the episode. <laughs> I'm sad for Brandon, but I'm happy for his him having the experience. Mm -hmm. I th it seems like he got what he wanted out of it, so I'm glad that he can see the positive side of it and see it as a, a good experience. For sure. Well, I think that's it then. That is all. I forgot David doesn't know the outro. I don't know the outro, so Logan's uh, got to do it. <laughs> I'm back to hosting. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this Survivor Recap. We'll be back next week, episode three, titled No Man Left Behind. Ooh. So a woman's getting voted out, probably. Um, yeah. I don't know that no. to be true. That is just a prediction. I don't want it to happen. But thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week with episode three. Uh, in the meantime, we're covering all things reality here. So if you like Big Brother, which is wild tonight, if you like uh, Amazing Race, if you like Traders Canada, if you like several other fabulous reality TV shows, then we are here covering them. So make sure to subscribe, hit the bell, do all the things. Uh, and if you hit the dislike button, go ahead and hit it twice. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Cup Pod for all of our most up-to-date cup news and our funny moments because we are some funny bitches and while you're down in the description below you could follow the four of us on twitter or follow dom on instagram if you want to see cats and tank tops oh, yes um and uh while you're down there as well you could go get some cut merch including but not limited to cut mug um of which only david has one because 
I didn't grab mine. But with that being said, cheers. 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 Bye. 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 Cue the survivor outro. <laughs> I don't have one. Oh, whoa. Bye. <laughs>